Well, so over these past few weeks, I got to tell you, it's been a little crazy around the Larson household. Uh, we had a high school graduation where we had to sit through like 4,000 names. Uh, they got stuck on Bueller for like forever. The guy didn't show up. Uh, but we had a graduation party uh, as well and all that entails. And we still have like cases of beverages that people didn't drink like stacked up uh, in our kitchen. So we've just been working around those and it's been dwindling down a little by little. But on top of that, we were getting ready for to go on vacation. Uh, to Texas, and surprisingly, the weather was hot. Um, no wonder it was a little cheaper to get to Texas as anywhere else uh, in the world, and somehow I did get a sunburn while sitting under an umbrella as well, and it is true for those of you who haven't been there, everything is bigger in Texas, uh, but as our driver from the airport pointed out, he said it doesn't mean it all works. So that's just, that put things in perspective. But it wasn't just the, the pressure that I felt, you know, trying to, to work ahead on stuff in order to prepare for my time away. But as you all know, see, I picked that up from Texas, or is it all y'all? I think it's all y'all. But, but when you get back from vacation, right, you, you have to catch up on all this stuff. And there's a part of you that may even find yourself thinking at time, well, was it really worth it? to try to get away with all the stuff that I had to get done and, and that I'm now faced with that's piled on. We, we've all been there, right? So, so I get back to the office on Wednesday and I start sifting through countless emails. I'm making phone calls. My schedule's filling up again. And I realize that I hadn't gotten out of my chair since I got to work that morning. And it was now mid-afternoon. And as I head out of the office to stretch my legs a little bit, four-year-old Caleb comes up to me, and after giving me the hugest hug on my leg, he takes me by the pinky, and he leads me down the hallway. And I'm thinking, please don't have to go to the bathroom. Please don't have to go to the bathroom. And that's not only the prayer for me, but that's the prayer I'm praying for Caleb as well. Because I don't, it's been a while. My kids are like 18 and up. So, so it's been a while, but luckily I saw his mom, so, so that fear subsided a little bit. But he walks past down, down the hall, and he takes a left down the hallway by the resource room, uh, which is lit by black lights this whole week. Everything is dark. They're just black lights, so, so whatever you had on, it just glowed. And he begins to show me his vacation Bible school Bible buddy figures, neatly all placed in a row on a black light, getting charged and just glowing. And he was so excited, and all of a sudden, there was a passage of Scripture from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, that just popped into my head. And it says this, it says about the restoration of the kingdom of God. It says, the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the child shall lead them. You see, there's so many things that cause division in our lives. There's so many things that cause stress, both externally and internally. And, and what that moment did for me is that it caused me to just take a step back and it gave me the much-needed pause that I needed for my own heart and my spirit and my mind. And it reminded me that the most powerful things in life often come in the most simple form. You see, I had become so distracted and consumed by the demands and the chaos of the day, those things that, that often can be held in tension, that can often be at odds, that pull us in all sorts of directions, that I almost missed out on that joy. And it simply took Caleb taking me by the pinky, leading me down the hallway to show me something that was important to him. 
In fact, as I looked at the passages of Scripture for this week that our students have been learning and memorizing and and, and reciting as part of their stellar out-of-this-world experience, I, I was once again reminded of the simplicity of the gospel message that could just be captured in, in just a simple phrase and how that simple phrase can, can transform hearts and it can transform lives that, that Jesus is the light of the world and, and how we can shine that light of Jesus in and through our lives, through our words, our actions, our attitudes, and even our experiences. And even when those experiences are, are more like hardships and trials that we face in life. So today what I want to do is I want to simply pause for a moment. I want to reflect on these five simple yet powerful phrases that encourage us to shine Jesus' light. Listen to this promise when life seems dark. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And maybe right now you're feeling a little disheartened. Maybe, maybe you're feeling discouraged. Maybe, maybe you know, just depression has hit home and you're being drawn down by that. What would it mean to to shine Jesus' light into those circumstances that you face? To allow this promise to speak into and over and around whatever it is that you might be facing. Or or better yet, what, what would it mean to allow your life to bear witness to that hope that is actually in you? To be a light and a witness to somebody else. Now I got a confession to make, church. I was not a witness to that light uh, while I was on vacation with my family. I, I, was, I was not a testimony that I should have been. I, I, I was drained, I was tired, and I had a hard time turning off my mind. I think it was finally day number four that I actually had a little bit of breakfast before we went out. I was so distracted that I was not able to be fully present in that moment. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have gone on vacation and you know and have experienced it. And, and the first thing you're gonna say to everybody, be like, you need to get it two weeks before, because first of all, the four weeks before, um, you're worried about stuff, then you shut down, and then the four weeks, at, the four days after it, right, that, that you're supposed to be coming back, you're worried about what you're getting into. It is so true. And I wish I could just go back and do it all over again. Mind you, I would not go back to Texas for the life of me, but, but uh, do over the thing with the family, okay? Do over that part of it. Because sometimes it's easier said than done to be that light. Because of some of the things that are weighing on us, because what's weighing on our minds and our spirits and, and those things that we might be wrestling with. And, and for those of you who may be finding yourself in a season of darkness right now for whatever reason that might be, I offer up my favorite Psalm 139 verse 11, which I should have turned to, which I should have meditated on, which I should have made a spiritual priority for me to let it shine in and through my, my mind and my heart and to speak to me. David writes these words. It says, if I say surely darkness shall cover me and light around me become night, Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as day, for darkness is as what? Light to you. Light to you. Hold on to that light, church. Hold on to that light, especially in those times when things may feel a little bit dark. You know, any of you remember growing up and catching lightning bugs? That was like one of my most favorite things to do. I don't know what it is, but I, I haven't seen any lately. Uh, we spray for pretty much everything and everything in order to kill Minnesota State Bird, the majestic mosquito, right? So I think that also impacts the, the, uh, the lightning bugs as well. 
But even on the darkest of nights, there's, there's that little flicker. There's that little blink in the darkness, and you just get so excited, and you start following that, and then you miss it for a little bit, and then it goes, and it goes, and there it goes, and then finally you catch it. See, that's what Jesus does. Jesus instills a sense of wonder and excitement and joy about that light in our lives. Or think about it in terms of that shooting star that, that we have before us today that lights up the night sky. You know, what would it mean for us to, to catch a fallen star and put it in your pocket? Never, never let it fade away. Catch a falling star, put it in your pocket, maybe save it for a rainy day. Why? Because on some starless night, you're going to have a pocket full of starlight, right? Or for when your troubles start multiplying, and they just might, it's easy to forget them without trying when just a pocket full of Starlight. Okay, I have to give credit right here to St. Perry Cuomo for that part, but, but it actually works a little bit, right? Jesus is the light of the world. And the question is, how are we carrying that light of Christ in our lives? And how is it showing forth through our lives, not only for us, but to give to somebody else? Or, or how about this promise from Romans chapter 12, verse 16, where when people don't get along, it simply says, live in harmony with each other. How many of us need that word right now? How many of us are finding ourselves in a relationship that, that is tense or, or is actually broken? And it's not just toxic relationships that this speaks into, but it speaks into every relationship, even healthy relationships, have tension and they have conflict. The question is, will we allow that tension and that conflict to create greater and greater division between ourselves and others? Or will we allow it to even create division with, within ourselves? And maybe some of you are distracted this morning because of that broken relationship and how it's impacting you. And what would it mean for us to speak that light of Jesus over that situation? Or will we seek to shine Jesus' light in terms of our words and our attitudes. Because let's face it, sometimes when it comes to negativity, we could be more like a black hole and we have to ask ourselves, what are we radiating? Are we radiating light or are we surrounding ourselves in darkness? And sometimes it's not simply in terms of those relationships where we're directly involved in conflict. Some of us this morning have been drawn into a dysfunctional relationship because we have been a listening ear, maybe a confidant, but the question is, when you're being drawn into those, those moments, those tension, that conflict, how are we being a reflection of that light of Christ? How are we entering into those places and spaces in a healthy way with, with the, our voice and the influence that we might have, rather than adding to that dysfunction that is being built up? And once again, maybe you're in that position right now. Maybe you're being pitted against somebody else because of what someone is saying to you. How can you be healthy in that situation? Reflect on that passage of Scripture. When people don't get along, live in harmony with each other. In fact, the text from Romans 12 goes on to say this. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Even in those times of disagreement. Even in those times of, of tension, what would it mean to cast that light of Jesus? Colossians chapter 4, verse 6 shares something similar. It says, let your speech always be gracious, seasons with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. And there's going to be times. I had one this week where, where we don't season our words well, where we jump to conclusions, where we hop to uh, worst-case scenarios. It's human. 
But the question is, how do we deal with that? How do we get out of that mindset and seek healing and to be the light of Christ, even when that broken situation is because of something we said or because of something we did? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, you can read through 31 if you you want to. I'm not hiding anything. You can read the whole Bible if you want to. I just encourage you to do that. But it says this, says, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And I know we hear that reminder often here, right? It's a text that maybe some of you have put to, to, to mind and to memory, because it's a text that we need to be reminded of over and over and over again. Yet, yet it's not simply about shining Jesus' light through negative situations. But think about the opportunity that we have to, to shine Jesus' light when, when good things happen. Because oftentimes our tendency, right, is to keep that joy of even the good stuff to ourselves. In fact, any of you want to hear some good news this morning? Any of you ready to hear some good news this morning? I got some for you. Uh, uh, we just added a new member uh, to our praise team. I am so excited about that. Vey, uh, Dotstenrod, uh, now, okay, it's going to take her 18 years to get to play, but, but we are just pumped for her proud papa, Nick, who's our bass player, and his wife, Ashley, and, uh, and we're just celebrating with them. And at the rate we're going with our praise team, we're, we're going to have a whole praise team in no time that the choir can actually uh, kick it up a notch. That would, that would be greatly appreciated uh, as well. But oftentimes, when it comes to those blessings of God and the work of God in our lives, we treat it like a a secret, don't we? We kind of close our mouths and we keep it hush-hush. And and maybe it's because we're not quite sure how that's going to be received. Maybe we're not quite sure how people will will view us if we say, "You you know how God worked in my life this week? It was really cool to be able to see that. Church, we need to be like that person that you no longer tell a secret to because you know that they're just going to blab it all over the place. You know that person, right, that can't keep a secret? That they just blab it all over the place? See, our key verse from Psalm 100, verse 1, puts it this way. It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Don't keep bottled up what God is doing, has done, and will do in your lives. Share that so that people may experience that light of Jesus Christ. In other words, lift up your voice in praise. Church, here's the deal. We all have a story that we can share with someone this week of how God has, has worked and walked with us. Maybe, maybe there's something fresh on your heart. Maybe it's something that he has done years ago in your life, and it doesn't have to be something profound or big. It could be finding joy just simply in the simple moments of life where you just pause and see God moving and at work. You know, anybody remember uh, answering machines? Like, like the ones with the little tapes, some, some of you remember that, right? They had a company that kicked, kicked up a notch of those answering machines. And I wanted to buy one so badly because they had these funny jingles all on one tape. And the one that I wanted the most was, was to the tune of Beethoven's Fifth. You might even recognize this, right? It says, nobody's home, nobody's home, right? Do you remember, anybody remember that tune? Yeah, there's a, there's too. I'm getting old, man. Share the story of what God is doing in your life. 
Don't let your testimony or your witness go unheard. Allow it to shine not only in and through you, but allow that story to shine into somebody else's life and their situation. I know some of you are thinking, but pastor, what if I share what God is doing in my life and it makes somebody else feel badly because they're struggling to see his work in theirs? I want you to think about it this way. Number one, it may give them hope for their situation. Number two, it may give them the assurance that they're looking for and the encouragement that they may need in terms of their journey of faith that, yes, do not give hope, hold on. And the other part of it, too, is it may create space for a much-needed conversation where you can remind them of the faithfulness and the promises of God that can speak into that time when they're feeling defeated, deflated, and even depressed. You see, when people are sad, shine Jesus' light. Speak that word of hope and promise clearly and boldly because sometimes all somebody needs is to hear a word of encouragement with a little meat on it, with a little meat. Uh, So back to Texas. You want a recommendation for a barbecue place from anyone and everyone go to Texas. I think I heard hard eight like 87 times uh, like on, on, during our Uber rides and even when we just stopped and didn't even solicit a conversation with somebody. But let's say you're standing at an outdoor barbecue and they're serving up some delicious good rack of ribs and, and you have your triple ply plate because you don't want to lose it on the ground. And they put the tongs and they pull out this beautiful rack of ribs, but before they go to put it on their plate, all the delicious meat falls off the bone, back into the pan, and there you are with the plate of bones. What'd you do with that? Right? I, I, here's the deal. I wish I had a vegan and vegetarian option for those folks out there, but if you've got one, please send it my way. See, well wishes are fine and dandy. I hope things get better. Uh, hey, I'll be thinking about you. You know, oh man, I went through that too. You'll, you'll get through that as well. But here's the deal. People are needing some meat in terms of their spiritual lives. And by sharing those stories of faith and by sharing that witness with them, we allow the light of Jesus to shine in and through us. And that may be exactly the word that they need to hear at that moment that is going to transform their hearts and their lives as well as their minds because you know what? God has already been doing a work. And if they reject it for some reason, that's not on you. God may still use that moment to do a great work in and through them as well. But we need to speak a word of encouragement. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Let Jesus' light shine when people are sad. But it's not only that, it's also when people need help. What we need to do is we need to step into those places to truly meet them where they are with some practical things, right? some day-to-day practical stuff that allows them to experience this hope. It's one thing to say, you know, my prayers are with you, my thoughts are with you. It's another thing to say, you know what, how can I help? How can I walk with you? How can I support you in this time? And, and sometimes it's a monetary thing. Sometimes it's a listening ear. Sometimes it's a presence, but how can we help? In fact, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, that text for this week says, let your good deeds, what's my word? Shine so that everyone will praise who? Your heavenly Father. Not me, not us, not what we're doing, but that we will point to our heavenly Father, plain and simple. 
You see, just as we are to be a reflection of Christ in the world, that text from John chapter 8, verse 12, we began with, I want to get back to that just briefly, where, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But listen to what Jesus shares next. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. That's a promise for us, okay, as believers. But we'll have what? The light of life. So what would it mean, church, for us to shine the light of Jesus Christ in a broken world? What would it mean for us to, to share that good news, gospel message in its most simple form that Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life for you to free you from the power of sin and death that you may have new life, not only today, not only to speak in the situations that you're struggling with right now, but for all eternity, a hope and assurance that nothing in this life can take away. So church, keep shining Jesus' light for the world to see. And just like Caleb did for me, take somebody by the hand, maybe just by the pinky, okay, and say to them, you've got to see this. Follow me. I got something to show you. Homework this week. What I want you to do, um, the texts are in your bulletin, your service pamphlet, but I want you to read not only read that text, choose one, maybe all of them, but put those texts to memory. Allow them to, to provide a framework for you for not only this week, but for the weeks and the months and the years to come. And I want you to put it to memory, and I want you to live it. I want you to allow it to permeate through your life that you may bear witness to the light of Jesus. Another way to share that light of Jesus is through those offerings that are given each week. We're grateful for that. Uh, these gifts, as you saw, allow us to, to host and encourage 200 students. Uh, there were 30 student leaders from this family of faith that stepped up to be a part of that event as well. And, and we had, were able to transform this space into immersive experience uh, for our students. And not only for our students that call King and Kings their church home, but we had a powerful presence in our community as well as those who may not have a church home were able to come here to hear about that light of Jesus Christ. So whether you're here giving in this space, whether you're giving online, with grateful hearts we are blessed to have our ushers wait upon us for our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings. And thank you for that partnership together as we shine brightly the light of Jesus Christ. Amen.